Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I am here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Married and Deathry podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. One more clap. Let's get two claps in there, Shira. <laughs> Shira, how are you doing on today? I'm doing well. Hanging That's in there. That's good. The sun is shining. Look, yes. Here I am with our weather report. Um, <sighs> But glad to see the sun because we've had, you know, some rain lately. Yes. I am I am actually happy to get some of this nice hot weather. Um, but it looks like it might rain again, you think? Probably. Possibly. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean things are good. Things are good. Welcome. Uh, hopefully you all are having a great or had a great weekend. And hopefully this is going to start off an awesome week for you as well. Shire, but you know, one thing we're definitely gonna have to touch on before we go any further. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about it. The Chris Rock Netflix special. Guys, this is a little segment we, we're going to introduce. We're going to touch on a pop culture topic on today. So we got to talk about this, Shire. What did you think of the Chris Rock Netflix special? I know you're a huge Chris Rock fan. Mm-hmm. You know, we weighed in on the Will Smith Chris Rock altercation. And Chris answered back. He clapped back, as they say. What did you think of the whole special? I got to get your thoughts on it. Wow. Um, we, yeah. So we watched the special <laughs> last night. You see how how I became speechless right. there for a second. <laughs> um, but I think that like we have a very unique viewpoint. Yeah. Because we have actually gone to two. Um, Chris Rock shows since that incident and the first show was maybe was it like maybe two weeks or so after yeah it was was about two weeks after it was very close to the the incident we went down to Reno yes and we saw Chris Rock and he did not talk about the incident no and I just, you know, at that point, like, I I just was concerned for his, like, well-being. Right. His mental health. Right? Yes, his mental health. <laughs> and because we had seen him previously, and he was phenomenal. Yes. But at the time that we saw him in Reno, shortly after the slap, like, he was A little good, off his game, right? But it didn't feel like the Chris Rock that, that we all know. Yes. You know, and so... Then fast forward 
you know, when did we go see him in San Jose? We saw him in San Jose, I believe it was it. It December, Sean? Yeah, November? it wasn't that long ago. December. I think it was like December 12th. Yeah, so he's touring yeah. with Dave Chappelle and a few other folks. And um, he, he talked about the incident. I say he's better. Yeah, he went in. Yeah, he, yeah, he gave <laughs> he us some. He's doing much better. And so for the Netflix special, I was really uh, wondering if he was going to bring it up. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, he went in. He went on in. He went way in. You know, yeah. Shire, it's like he did a, he did his whole special. He did his jokes. Yes. And he had us nervous because yes. we were like, is he going to address it or is he just going to like finish it out and not address it? Right. But he spent the whole last 10 minutes of his, you know, his stand-up bit really going just exclusively on that. You could tell right. there was some fire in it. You know, he was he was really passionate and upset i almost like he was getting himself worked (laughs) at one point yeah but he got to really say how he felt about it how it just how mad it made him how much he liked will before the slap yes he loved will yeah and that like yo he just picked on somebody that he could he knew he could take advantage of you know yes that's things that we all kind of thought but it was interesting and important to hear him say that right you know what i mean right so if you haven't seen the special i would say check it out yeah but make sure there are no children yeah. in the room with you yeah don't let them in it's not this is not for children right definitely um you know adult content adult content and we can we can leave it at that yeah. but you yeah. know i'm glad that he um was able to have his space to say what he needed to say, but yeah. but it was it, but it is it is comedy too, right? right but right. but you could see, you know, you could, he was there's some truth in 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 in, the, in every joke, you right? Know what I mean? Like you he could was see. coming from an authentic place, yep. Um, yep. But anywho, but what happened to him was done publicly, and now he publicly he addressed it. Addressed wherever it. you show out, you get woe out. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he had to he had to clap back. But you know what, Shy? Let, let's aside from that. Where would you put Chris in the pantheon of great comics? I think this truly cements him as top three on any list, in my opinion. He's one of my personal favorites, but he showed, hey, I'm still that dude. You know what I mean? So what what do you think about that? I think that Chris Rock is still that dude. Mm -hmm. And so he's he's I I feel like he's back. Yeah. Yeah. And. It was very good to see him on that stage because if y'all would have seen him in Reno when we saw him, it it was not the yeah, same it Chris. It we, was not the same. I don't know if anyone else has been like following him. <laughs> like this was literally our third time hearing the jokes and then the evolution of the jokes yeah, too. Yeah. So he is definitely a professional who hones his craft mm-hmm. and like for for I know we paid I don't know how much money to see the same show. I don't right. know how many that times. is crazy, right? But um, but I feel that he's in a much better space, and I I hope he's in a much better space because yeah. obviously we're on the outside looking in, yeah. and and I hope that both of them get to now we a can better heal. place. Yeah. Now yes. we can heal. Now we can heal. You got yours okay? off. I got mine off. Hey, um, we, we. I don't know that we're even. I don't know. I'll call it even. You call it even? <laughs> I'll call it even at this point. <laughs> and yeah, okay. You know? But if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Yeah. Now is uh Chris Rock uh in my top you already know he's in my top three. Yeah, you, you love Chris I, Rock. I I do. Yeah. I do. 
you know, not very many people can can make me laugh. He's one of them. Yes. Shara's and a hard nut to crack, man. She won't. She doesn't laugh at everybody's jokes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, there are a lot of female uh, comedians that I you, yes. that I enjoy as well because yes. just as a woman, <laughs> yeah, they funny just, too. There are just some things that men cannot speak to. True. Um, but but yes, I I mean he's definitely in my top three. Yeah. I mean, how about yourself? I don't think he's like your number one comic, I, I, but. I would have to put him at one for me, Shire. I think him, Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. and you're going to find it strange, but Jerry Seinfeld. I think he. I you don't know. find it strange coming from you. Yeah. Because I know you like Jerry. I like him. And Sinbad's a close four. But you did not. <laughs> you didn't say Chappelle. Okay, move Sinbad, put Chappelle at four. I like Sinbad, Sinbad at five. Yeah. Okay, Sinbad yeah. is nice too, and oh, I know yeah. that he's older, and I hope that he's man. I hope he's doing, doing okay. well. But yeah. we did have a chance to see him see in him? person, we did. and every once in a while we'll put on like an old special, and like I can watch Sinbad with the kids, and so I do appreciate that. And Shy, we're gonna leave this topic, but another sleeper, his stand-up is hilarious. Uh, Steve Harvey. Okay, he makes me laugh out loud, and that you know, so he he's kind of a sleeper. But all right. There's your pop culture topic for the day. <laughs> so now we're going to get to uh, something I thought was really interesting. Shout out. Now, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of emails asking us questions. And while we're not able to get to all of them, we try to get to as many as we can. Yes. And one we got this past week really stood out to me. And so we're going to do a deep dive on this. Uh, and we'll send this individual the link because we, we didn't have time to write all this stuff out. <laughs> so we say, hey, we're going to use it for content sake and a te- we use it as a teachable moment. Yeah, but can I just have a, put but, but, a Come on, Shire. Put there? a disclaimer. I need I that. mean, Marcus, he read this to me briefly before we started this podcast. And I will say that it is a pretty technical question with a yes. lot of different variables. And I want to leave it at that. I think yes. that listeners... Y'all are going to probably come up with your own set of recommendations mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, so we're not a we're financial, not financial expert. This isn't, we're not. Yeah, this yeah. isn't advice. This is just like, a, uh, hey, man, what, what do you think about this? Like our opinion, uh, so, so so to speak, or our reaction yes. to uh, this gentleman's question. So, yeah. All right. You let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> So uh, let's just call this gentleman K, okay? I think he'll know who who, who I'm talking about. Okay. But so this gentleman's name's K, and he wrote us, uh, says, you know, he's glad he found the podcast, exchanged pleasantries. We we really appreciate that. Uh, he says, so let's get a little background. Um, Shire has to tell me what to read and what not to read. Uh, just uh, so, go so ahead, take a me. stab at it, Marcus. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> so this gentleman <laughs> was able to purchase a duplex about a year ago. Uh, he purchased duplex for four hundred thirty-five thousand. He purchased it via FHA, right? FHA loan. Uh, he says that he says I have four hundred and twenty-one k left on the principal balance. Okay. Now, he was able to purchase duplex a year ago. Da, da, da. Sorry, I'm scheming through this. Okay. Now, it's in a gentrified area, an area that's growing. He wants us to know that in Nashville. So once he gets a formal appraisal 
He's going to get an appraisal once he gets that in a few months. He could be looking at a equity spread of 1.5 to two times of the paid off equity. So now let's do that. So the paid off equity is uh, what's that? Shot? 435 minus 421. That's about 14,000. So he's, he says once he does in his appraisal, just because of the equity growth in the area, he may be looking at 1.5 to two times that. Okay. That's something that we didn't really look at on when we were doing our research. So that's not, that's not very much. What's that, Shire? That's about 14 times three. This is 14 times two. That's about $28,000. Let's give him around $30,000. And we're, that's oh, an important number. Yeah. Yes, but continue because okay. I don't think you have gotten to the point as to why we're even talking about so it. So let's see about, yeah, okay. So he says, hard to say. He goes on to say, currently, my rental income just covers costs of mortgage and utilities. So he has a multifamily unit. I believe he lives on one side. That's why he was able to purchase his home FHA. And he rents out the other side. And that covers his rental cost. He says, but uh, he's going on to make some improvements. And he wants to raise the rent that he's charging. Hopefully, he would like to get to 200 to 300 dollars he says that would be a mate would be amazing okay let's let's pause there okay so we have a duplex in a fantastic area okay and kudos on getting a duplex yes and you know i mean i think that's wonderful and because you have a duplex you're house hacking yes and so basically the other side is being rented and that is covering the mortgage and the utilities. It's almost like you're living for free. So that's yes. That's wonderful. And it sounds like you want to look to do some improvements. And then over time, you'll probably be able to raise the rent. And mm-hmm. then you'll be able to see a bit more cash flow. Right. That's great. All okay. Right. So we're, we're so he says, setting the scene. Setting the scene. He, said, he goes on to say, my goal is to purchase two more properties targeting multifamily and move out of my current duplex should i move out of my current duplex cash flowing all three to cover some portion of my living expenses as i'm transitioning to full-time music so he's looking for a career change and he wants to purchase use the heloc in his current home to purchase two additional rental properties similar of similar you know single family mm-hmm to give his total of three single family homes, none of which he lives in, but all of which he would like them to cash flow enough to contribute to his living expense and so that he can change it, have a career change. How did, but is there a total? We don't have goal? any numbers at this point. <laughs> uh, let's okay. get to this. So, some other background this gentleman has 18K in car debt and. 40k in student loan debt so a total of 58,000 in just personal debt now let's get down to his his to the question question is what would be your recommendations on how to leverage a home equity line of credit in this scenario what are your recommended financing solutions for properties one and two preferably with minimum or no down payment let's stop there okay because there are, are a couple of questions and maybe we can take them one at a time. Let's do it. 
So, yeah. So the first question, what would be your recommendation on how to leverage a HELOC in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that. Let's do it. So a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. I'm wondering if a HELOC is actually an option. Right, right. In this situation, considering that the house was um, purchased with an FHA loan Mm -hmm. where we can presumably assume that they put down 3.5% of the home's value, which means that they still owe almost 97%. Right, right. And so the equity that's there currently is a small amount. Mm -hmm. And in order to qualify for a HELOC, you have to have equity. Yeah. And you have to have at least 15 to 20% of equity available in the home. Got you. And speaking as of today, that's not there. That, yeah, that's actually a good point. That's actually a good point. Now, even with him getting an appraisal and it appraising for more, there still doesn't seem to be enough spread there, right? What would it need to appraise that for there for the spread to be sufficient for a HELOC? <laughs> that is what we can talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because let's just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. this individual wants to purchase another multifamily home. Right. Because it is an investment property, mm-hmm. the FHA 3.5% is not going to uh, be the route. Right. They can expect to percent. They can expect to um, put down twenty percent. Yes. And so, looking at a house of the same value, mm-hmm. um, say four hundred thirty-five thousand, to put down twenty percent, that's eighty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's eighty-seven thousand dollars, and I um, got eighty-seven thousand. Um, taking the average HELOC rate as of today, which is 7.8% interest. That's good, child. Which is really high. That's super and it, high. And it could be higher. Yeah. Depending on credit score all that. Right. You know. And so not only that, not only that, when you purchase a home, you need more than just 20% down. You yeah. also need closing costs. Yes. So I was... Uh, really cheap and i have another calculation for that as well so let's just say maybe they have some money saved but they want it to take an additional ten thousand dollars okay so instead of looking at eighty seven thousand for the down payment we're going to add ten thousand to that to help with closing closing costs costs. to help with the closing costs okay so that would put us at ninety seven thousand dollars that we want to take from a potential heloc Mm -hmm. did you know the monthly payment on that is eight hundred dollars Wow. So now you have an $800 plus second mortgage. Yes. So you have the $800 on top of the existing mortgage. So you have the existing mortgage Mm -hmm. on the house that you're currently living in, but that's being covered by a tenant. Right. Then you take out a HELOC and say you need almost a hundred thousand to just acquire another property. And that payment is going to be around $800 a month. And then you're going to go and get in a, a, you know, yeah. Then you're gonna, you know, have a have a mortgage for the second house, the second house. that's purchased. Yeah, we talked about the third one. We just own houses. We just own the current house and a, and another property. Yeah. Yes, and so I can keep going, 
let's go ahead and keep going before you go there Shia, just okay. so like i can make it make sense is uh, to just to repeat it the first hurdle is do you have enough equity to qualify for a home equity line of credit when you just purchased the home right last year. last year it doesn't it seems like it's a, that's a bit thin let's just say it let's just say it's not right you're gonna need enough money for your second purchase to be able to put you're gonna have to put 20 percent down on your second purchase right you're not gonna be able to do it your second one fha because an fha loan is for a tenant occupied owner occupied loan it's yes. not for a investment or a second home and let's look at the price difference if i yeah. were to put 3.5 percent down on a on a house that's four hundred thirty-five thousand, i'm looking at a down payment of fifteen thousand. so compare that yeah. fifteen thousand to now eighty seven thousand right. plus right plus closing the closing mm-hmm. so that is a significant mm-hmm. uh difference in the amount of upfront money that right. you'll need and we're talking about a home of this the same type of home. Okay. Those are good. Those, those so, are good points to highlight. Okay. Things so, to consider. Yeah. So what would your recommendations be for how to leverage a HELOC? Well, first, like you said, do you even qualify? Mm-hmm. That's number one. And let's just let's just say you do. Yes. So let's let's run with this. Say so you do qualify and you want to get another home. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to need at least that that ninety seven dollars that we're using ninety seven thousand thank you Marcus ninety seven thousand dollars and now you have an eight hundred dollar HELOC payment and now um, looking at your mortgage so I did a mock mortgage because um, you're using that ninety seven thousand for the next this next mortgage that yes. you're going to tell me about okay yes. I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> okay <laughs> it can get complicated yeah okay and so um. Yes. So say you're able to get um, another a mortgage right. for a similar type house. So that monthly payment is looking around twenty four seventeen to two thousand four hundred seventeen dollars plus the eight hundred plus the eight hundred. And that does not include your property tax, and that does not include your landlord insurance. Right. So once we add those in, because we're looking at I think they mentioned wanting to buy another home in Georgia. Yes. Uh, it goes on to say, thank you, Shire. It says, I'm looking at west at the west side of Atlanta for next for the next property. Uh, it's in the early stages of gentrification. And, you know, the city's making updates to that. that okay. area. So, yeah. So okay. We looked in that area. I looked in the state. We looked in the state. Okay. okay. So, so you have your... HELOC payment, 800 mm-hmm. You have your new mortgage for your rental property, $2,417. Plus your property taxes, mm-hmm. which will be 167 a month. And then your landlord insurance, um, which will be um, $128 a month. A month. Well, yeah, twelve eighty a year. So around twelve eighty a year. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is going to bring your total to thirty four eighty nine. So almost thirty five hundred dollars a month in expenses. Okay. So that means your rents are going to need to exceed that. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to make money, yeah. it has to exceed that. Yeah. 
Um, and then if you look at the average rent, it's going to vary. So yeah. it really just depends on the type of home. The type of home we're at in Atlanta. I don't know Atlanta like that, but I was seeing um, differences in the average rent. So mm-hmm. let's just say the property rents for eighteen. Each side rents for eighteen hundred. Okay. Eighteen hundred plus eighteen hundred is thirty six hundred. Your expenses are around thirty five hundred. Your cash flow is a hundred dollars, okay. and that's if you're managing it yourself right. and absolutely nothing goes wrong, right. and you're not paying, you know, someone to do your landscaping, and you're not, you know. Yeah. So, and and so what we've done right there, Shire, was we've just we've only answered half of his puzzle because you've only gotten one additional property. Yes. Right? We haven't even addressed, there wasn't enough overage in the HELOC to get a second property or technically a third property. Right. And you haven't moved out. You haven't moved. You can't move out of house number one because let's get about, let's talk about that. If you're currently under an FHA loan, Mm-hmm. There's a seasoning period before you can move out right. of even that. Now, if you have an FHA loan and you get a HELOC, because a HELOCs, most institu- institutions will only give you a home equity line of credit on the primary residence, the home you live in. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's hard for you to move and still have that HELOC on that home. Right. You're going to need to be transparent with your bank and let you know, let them know you're moving. And in some instances, a bank can do what's called an on. They have there's an on due clause in a home equity line of credit. Essentially, I give you a line of credit. Your collateral for this line of credit is the home you live in. So I know. Think about the logic. If you're a bank, Shire, I'm gonna give you a line of credit on this home because you live here. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be the last thing you don't pay is the place you live in. So because of that, that's good collateral for me to give you this line. Now, if you turn that into a rental, a second home, essentially, uh, you might you might be willing if the rubber meets the road, you'll be willing to stop paying that sooner. So for them, it's a it's a it's a different type of collateral if you leave it. Yeah. So because of that, the institution could say, you know what? I want my money. Just just pay me in full. This is no longer a good deal for me, you know, because right. collateral doesn't, it's not the same. So you have to consider that and you have to be transparent with your bank. You can't just slide out, get the, get the line of credit on your primary and slide out and, and move to your bigger and better things without telling them. So that's right. something to consider those two things. Yeah. And then also the type of property that you purchase. So like this um, example is like if they were to purchase a similar home yes. to like the home that they're living in now. And yep. so like you could definitely look in a different price point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to, I was going to say you could wait until interest rates come down. I mean, yeah. I don't know yeah. when that's going to happen, but the higher the interest rate, the less cash flow you're going to see. It definitely eats into it. It eats into it a lot. It eats into it so much so that a lot of people are not, a lot of people who were buying real estate have paused right now. Yes. Because money is too expensive. Yeah. It costs too much. Money used to be cheap. It's right. not cheap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
there are a lot of different variables. Yes. And so you have to factor all of them in. So even though in this situation, um, if the numbers panned out in the way that I just described, I definitely wouldn't do it. However, if I were to get a property at a lower price point, right. if my cash flow was was a bit higher, then maybe it would make sense. And so Yeah. A lot of variables, like you said. I think the first domino that would need to fall and would need to be addressed is do I currently have enough equity to even get in a line of credit? I mean, right. that's the first thing that we you would need to figure out. And then if so, doesn't does, do the numbers after that make sense? Really walking it down the way Shira did, you would need to do that and say, well, is it worth it to do all this work? And then I get a hundred dollars cash flow. I still haven't moved out of the duplex that I'm currently in, nor have I gotten to my or figured out how I'm going to get the, the third property that I talked about. So those are some things that you're going to have to think about and say, well, is this really worth it? Uh, or should I come at it a different way? And the other point uh, that I want to bring out, and I'm going to talk through this, but in order to qualify for home equity line of credit, a lot of times you have to have at least 15 to 20% equity available in the home. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that 20% equity in the home would mean that the value has increased or you've paid it down yes. approximately $87,000 in order to get that. And they won't give you the full amount. Break it down. Sure. So they're only, you're only going to get a portion of that. Yes. So whatever your equity is, first of all, they're going to want to see that there's, you said 15 to 20%. Yes. So let's say we're going to make the number simple. Shai. Let's say you have a home that appraised for 400,000. Okay. That means the max amount of debt you can have on the home is 320. Three, anything higher doesn't have enough space for you to qualify, doesn't have enough equity space for you to qualify for a line of credit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say you, your home is worth three, you owe 320 and your home is worth 400,000. You have just enough space there to qualify for a line of credit. But you won't get a line of credit for the the whole eighty thousand right. worth of equity you have there. They're only going to give you a line for seventy to eighty percent of that one hundred percent pie. Right. Okay. So that's something to consider too. So, like Shire was saying, if you have you know eighty thousand dollars worth of equity, you're only going to get a line of credit for eighty percent of that. And so eighty percent of that in that example would be 64,000 and that's if the stars align stars align <laughs> yes and that's that's not considering with what your interest rate might be and 64,000 may or may not be enough money yeah. to be a down payment for what you're trying, trying to, do. to get and so I think yeah so that's just another consideration yeah because some folks might say, well, if, there's, if I'm not going to qualify for enough money from the HELOC, then I'm not going to get it. Right. So th that's just a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And so moving to the next question, what are your recommended financing solutions for one or two properties, preferably with minimum or no down payment? So 
every property is going to have a down payment. Yeah. Um, but I think you're referring to whether or not the down payment is coming out of your pocket. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've like every down payment. I mean, we have used a HELOC strategy. We've talked about using funds that were in a Roth IRA mm-hmm. um, to help with the down payment personal savings yes you know for a down payment um but i think that anyone that's saying i'm getting a house without a down payment we have to kind of be leery of that yeah um because the bank is going to going to require a down payment usually i mean if you're getting it like va yeah if you have a veterans yeah if you are a veteran then I mean, hey, there you go. Yeah. The thing to consider there too, Shire, is now you're coming into a home with no equity. No equity. So, so you won't qualify for a home equity line of credit right. that's in that case. In that scenario. And your payment is going to be, is going to reflect that. Right. You're paying full price for the house, broken up per month. Whereas when you come into it with a 20% down or even 3.5% down, you've already eaten into that lump sum a little, which shortens your payments some your monthly payment so it's a lot to consider but you know what i like about this shire first of all me and you nerd out on this stuff shire we were trying to come up with topics as soon as i read this i said oh shire you know we got a good question this week shire started getting her calculator she started <laughs> she getting her computer so we love these scenarios and unpacking these and i think it's really good that he's even going down this road and asking oh, these questions absolutely and I, that's the only way you're going to know right and i there are some other like considerations okay. as well. Um, one of them being reserves. I was going because there because in our experience, we did take out a home equity line of credit when we were first getting started with mm-hmm. real estate, but we didn't use all of our HELOC on yes. like the first house. Like there was still like money left over that if we needed to we tap needed into to. it, right. we could. In this example, I don't know that there would be additional funds to tap into if your down payments are costing almost a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'm not sure, but then also you might just want to not rely on your HELOC mm-hmm. and have some personal, personal reserves. reserves, maybe. And based on our calculation, if your expenses are upwards of thirty five hundred dollars a month, you're going to have a lot of reserves that you will need to build up mm-hmm. because a month vacancy is $3,500 out of your own pocket. Yeah. Two months vacancy is $7,000. Right. And so I So think we're talking vacancy reserves. We haven't even gotten to repair reserves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's. You got one repair that could, you know, it could really. Yes. Yeah, so it's really important. And I don't think that people talk about that enough right like and just being transparent like we just did our taxes last weekend and just taking a look at all of the repairs that yeah. needed to be done on on our five properties like it really does add up yeah. so also be thinking about that as well and did you want to talk about the interest rate for HELOCs and like the considerations, yeah. the things to keep in mind if a person was to move forward with a HELOC? Yeah, yeah, Shard. Thank you. I think uh, 
one thing we need to understand about a, a, a line of credit is uh, you're going to go through the process of being approved for that, right? Just like you would any loan, except at the end of it, there's no there's no disbursement of funds yet. All you've done is set up this this line, and depending on when you go to withdraw or how much you withdraw determines what your interest rate is. So for instance, if you have a line and you set your line up in, what is it now, March, but you don't withdraw until May, you don't make a disbursement from that line until May. The interest will be determined based on the market in May, not in March when you set up the HELOC. So let's say you you do a disbursement in May, they're going to lock or they're going to give you an interest rate based on what the rates are for th- for that month. Now, let's say you do another disbursement in June mm-hmm. and the market has fluctuated again and gone up. That second disbursement will be based on June's rate. So your interest rates change depending on when you withdraw from said line. Another thing to consider is that most institutions default the withdrawal interest to adjustable. What does that mean? That means these aren't locked rates. Now you have the ability to request that any disbursement be locked at this interest, but it's up to the institution whether they do that or not. You know what I mean? So that's something that you probably wouldn't know until you went through the full process. You know what I mean? That's true. And so that's something that we've learned just going through it and researching about home equity lines of credit. So those are super important. You can mess around and get a HELOC with this institution. Cool. They, you're like, I want to withdraw this amount to do my purchase. They say, all right, the rate today is the interest rate on that would be 7%. You're like, all right, cool. It's 7% adjustable. So that means your next month, if the market changes and now the rates are eight, your next month is eight. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. why is my payment moving? Why why isn't my payment fixed? Because it's not a fixed or locked withdrawal. So that's something to consider. Yeah. Something definitely um, to consider. Just like in general, when you're looking for a property that's going to cash flow with your existing mortgage and expenses, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. And there are a lot of properties that you might do like a quick analysis on and say this is not profitable at all. Mm-hmm. Considering that and knowing that on top of your mortgage you're also going to have a HELOC payment, which is an additional expense that not not all investors have. Right. You want to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that we make it very very clear. <laughs> <laughs> that when we took out our HELOC um, those many years ago, our primary residence was actually paid off. Yeah. So we didn't have a mortgage and a HELOC. We only had a HELOC. And when we decided to sell the home that we were in, then the proceeds of that sale went first to that HELOC right. and paid it completely off. And then the rest came to us right yeah and so that's another thing to think about as well 
So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, in this situation, it could work. It could it work. Could. It could. And it also could not work. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it could also not be a good decision right now. Right now. Maybe, you know, pay that, like you said, let that mortgage be paid down, which gives you more equity, more wiggle room to play with, mm -hmm. and then maybe, you know, give it a try. Right. And I think two homes with one HELOC is nearly, I would consider that not possible. I don't think he would be able to purchase two additionals with no. the one for, with the first HELOC. Yeah. It doesn't look like you have enough uh, to, you know, spread there. If, right. If, if we're reading this correctly. Right. So. Um, yeah. And I think it's, you know, over time you will see equity in your home grow. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to grow. Like yeah. you have a duplex. That's awesome. Yeah. Like awesome job. I think that when we're doing good, we don't necessarily stop and like give ourselves yes. kudos and give right. ourselves props. But like, wow, <laughs> like you're on like you're on the path. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like, like you really are. And like we're just in this weird time right now mm -hmm. where money is incredibly expensive. Mm -hmm. And even we're Marcus and I, like we've decided to like we're going to pause this year. We're not going to buy anything. And that's so hard to tell yourself right. when you have this, this plan on your spreadsheet mm -hmm. that says you should be buying right now. Right. You know, but it doesn't make sense. You know, so it's like, OK, well, what else can I focus on? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you focus on paying off that student loan debt. Maybe you focus on paying off that car. You know, maybe you focus on building your reserves. Maybe you focus on saving a down payment so yeah. that you won't tap into your HELOC now. And maybe you tap into that HELOC when money's a little bit cheaper. But mm -hmm. now you have maybe you have the money to just right. save a down payment, put that 20 percent down from your own savings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I if like you that. put it down from your own savings, guess what? There's not an $800 a month payment attached, attached to, it. to it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, $800 a month, that's that's a, $9,600 a year that if you were to just use your own money, you would have that in two years mm -hmm. or so. And you wouldn't be paying that off for 20 years. A HELOC, in most cases, is for 20 years. Yeah. Do you want to take 20 years to pay off a down payment that you could possibly save in two? Good, that's a good point. You know, so there we get in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this person is in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying in, in general. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that this person is in a good position. In a good place. Wow. They're I mean They're living know, rent free. I yes. I know we've <laughs> talked about this before and it's like, wow, we would have thought about real estate before we had like kids mm -hmm. and things and that is the route that we would have taken. Yeah. But we just didn't, but you're there. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's wonderful and that's great. And so using the information we talked about, you know, and then also using your information because yeah. you have the full picture. We have pieces of a puzzle, right? but you can put together that full puzzle to make sure that it makes sense. Yes. And if it makes sense and that's what you want to do, go for it. And if it doesn't make sense, be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I'm doing a very good job. This doesn't make sense. And I'm going to use wisdom and say, I'm going to hit the pause buzz right. button until it makes more sense for me to proceed. Hey, I love that. Shire. I, I ain't got nothing to add to that. I can't add any more yeast because it is already a fully cooked cake, uh, baked cake. Sorry. But anyway, Shire, that was beautiful. And, you know, as you're just talking and 
you know i'm starting to think if there's any if you guys really like this you know type of content where we take a question and really break it down let us know let us know you want to hear more of this if this helped you because i think like answering one scenario others could have had similar scenarios shy so i think it's really good so do us a favor in the review section first of all go ahead and hit that five star and then in the review section let us know like hey i want more content more topics addressing real life real estate issues and then if you have real estate questions go ahead and email those to us uh black debt-free at gmail.com send us over those and we're going to try to unpack them as much as we can we and shire definitely have a passion for mom and pop investors i mean that's what we are those are the people that uh, really have the most questions for us most of our questions are about real estate and so we want to dig more deep into these topics as the months go on so yeah send us your questions and let us know if you're enjoying this type of content as well shire do you have any other final thoughts before we get up out of here no i think we we can get up out of here all right <laughs> well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we're gonna holler at you on the next one peace bye